Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Class Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening, and thanks for joining the Ask Stephanie Show on the Coffee Clutch Network. Tonight, I'm speaking with Caroline Knorr, the parenting editor for Common Sense Media, a company that is devoted to helping kids and families thrive in the world of media and technology. I'm thrilled to be doing this interview because Common Sense Media is truly a company that is on the forefront of social media today and children. So you're going to get a wonderful education and insight as to what young adults are experiencing as they experiment with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Vine, Snapchat, Ask FM, and more. So let me introduce to you my guest, Caroline Noor. Thanks for being with us tonight, Caroline. Thanks for having me. So this is just such an, we were just speaking about this, just such an interesting topic and one that I think parents sometimes don't even realize the anxiety that social media can bring to children and just, just in general being online and, and what, what that can bring for children, young adults, teens. Um, I know we were chatting a little before that we're both parents and Caroline has a son that's 15 and as my listeners know, I have um, a child who's 12, 10, and 7 and so we're really in the thick of sort of navigating as parents um, what our children are doing, what we feel comfortable with them doing, what they're doing without us knowing, and really where parents, um, how much parents really know about what's going on and how much they don't. So, Caroline, I'm curious, at what age do you think kids are starting to dabble in social media? Oh, I think kids are starting to dabble in social media um, as young as seven and eight years old. I mean, there are websites that are um, designed for younger kids, you know, like Club Penguin, and, that, and that's social. Mm-hmm. And then also kids at that, at that age are also, you know, downloading apps and sharing them, taking pictures and sharing them. Um, and so it is, it, it is uh, starting at even the, um, you know, elementary school level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a seven-year-old who asked me if he could have an Instagram, <laughs> and that's oh. because he has older yeah. siblings who have them, and he knows um, what that is. And it's really amazing to me how it's starting younger and younger today. So I, I would agree. I feel like it's the same. Um, I'm curious from your end how educated and aware you feel that parents are today about what they're their children and their teens are experimenting with online. 
Yeah, that's a really great, great question. I mean, I think that it kind of depends on, I, I feel like it really depends on sort of your geographic region. I mean, I'm here in San Francisco, which is near Silicon Valley. So there's a lot of awareness of, you know, apps and uh, the, the latest apps and, you know, like even the developers of those apps are sort of local celebrities. So, you know, we're right. sort of engaged. Um, I think it also depends on just where your kid is going to school and, and what sort of becomes popular in their school. That's why it's, sometimes it's hard to say, oh, well, you need to watch out for this particular app because that's the bad one. You know, like it mm -hmm. really depends on what kids get into. And as we know, one, you know, an app here today, another one's there tomorrow. So it's exactly. that's ever right. changing. It's leading, that, and, and, you know, Stephanie, that's why kids – love this technology because there's right. always something new, it's something exciting. fun, and something to sort of be ahead of, uh, you know, and you're ahead of your parents on it too. And, <laughs> like and that. they love that. So for parents of teens who are listening who are not um, on social media, which I know for us we really are so social media savvy, but believe it or not, um, there are many parents who I speak with and meet with who will look at me and say, honestly, I don't even know what you're talking about, um, you know, or I don't even, I just got on Facebook yeah. or I don't even have, or maybe they just know about Facebook, but they really don't know. It's like, like a different language to them. So can right. you give parents a flavor of really some of the, some of the things that their kids are experimenting with some names that they sure. should be looking out for? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. I think that one of the things that's really important for parents to know is that, you know, um, kids are sort of going through this, you know, they go through the developmental stages. And so right around the time of middle school and, you know, early high school is when kids begin to get social. Um, their friends become more important to them really than their parents. And that's when they have this external, you know, they're looking sort of for external validation they're looking out for um, what their friends like. So, so peer influence is really important, um, mm -hmm. and, they're, and they're turning towards the media more um, for guidance on uh, what's cool and, and sort of what's normal. So some of the apps that are sort of coming into play um, are that, that get really popular around this age are the ones that are social, that provide um, sort of peer validation. Um, so we're seeing some of these question and answer apps. Yep. Um, have like you heard of some FM. of these? Like Ask FM is a really popular one. Um, yeah, we have to get to not. that one. Yeah, hot or not, <laughs> we'll that was that one, one of the very first ones that was like, you know, just rating people. Right, um, and there's like and the quiz you could, your friends. Quiz your friends. There's Formspring uh, is one of them, and and that these are all the question and answer apps. Um, and so those become really popular with, you know, some kids. Um, also, another thing that's really coming into popularity are these, um, the, the texting apps that bypass the texting service on your yes. phone. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people, so last, or two weeks ago or so, uh, there was big news when Facebook bought uh, WhatsApp. Or what, what's it called? WhatsApp. Yeah. No, I it's, it's, it's right, WhatsApp. Yeah, and so, and it was for a lot of money, and ever, I think a lot of parents are like, what the heck is that? I thought I had to be aware of Facebook, you know? Right. Um, uh, and these are apps that you download onto your phone, and they allow you to text with other people who have that app 
too. And so if you think, oh, well, I can keep in touch with what my kid is texting, I just text, I can just look up, you know, the texting right. service on his phone, that's not going to get you anywhere because they're not using that. They're using these, these uh, sort of one-to-one. And um, the reason why not they're doing yeah, that is to sort of <laughs> – Bypass and bypass hide their parents. from their parents. <laughs> well, <laughs> so savvy our teenagers that, are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do think that is that is part of it, but it's also they're free, so you don't have to um, pay for the for the um, for the time like you do on your regular. I mean, right. on your regular service, and but the but the other side of that is okay. So the, their their business model for most of these is that they just want to get a lot of users in there, and they mm-hmm. may be selling your kids ads, and there may be some third parties who are mining data. So I think the privacy issues also come into play with these third party apps. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting um I, I know for the kids who are just on vacation or they're going on spring break, there's also like if your phone service doesn't include that, a lot of them are downloading like an uh, like a, an app like WhatsApp because they can con- communicate with each other because yes. they, it's it's free. So, I know that that's something that kids are talking about. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, okay. So, I notice um as far as anxiety or um, kids, really kids, teenagers, young adults, um, kids being upset about seeing pictures um, of their friends online, um, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or whatever they're looking at. And they, there's this mindfulness that I think parents really need to have about having their kids post a, a party or something that they're having and just not everybody is invited. So have you experienced oh, yes. that with Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's a big thing on that. So kids will post – sometimes they do it intentionally yeah. to exclude other kids and go, oh, see, we had this party and we didn't invite you. So right. a lot of times there's this sort of like it's kind of a subtext. Uh, to, and it is cyberbullying, um, but there's a little bit of a subtext going on there um, where kids will go, yeah, they go, oh, I had this fabulous vacation with my best friend, and look who wasn't invited. Or right. they just, it, maybe it's just a family, um, and, the ki- and you know, the kids in the family are like, oh, I went on vacation with my awesome family to, you know. Right. Or, uh, or even just like I noticed that Snapchat <laughs> is used a lot yes. for that, which is like, look at us, we're hanging out. And I, I was just talking yes. to a mom recently about it where she was saying yes. that she, her daughter received something from friends that said, like, look, we're having a sleepover, having the best time, and her daughter wasn't invited. And her daughter actually was smart enough to show her mom and say, like, why wasn't I invited to that and why would they send that to me to let me know? Which I just, you know, to say, look, parents can't watch their kids every single second, especially as kids and teenagers are older, they're upstairs, they're in their room, you're out to dinner, whatever it is, and you're just sort of hoping that your kids are smart enough and compassionate enough to not do something like that. But as we all know, kids get with their friends and they get influenced by their friends to do something spur of the moment, silly and funny. And those kinds of things can really be very hurtful to another child. Right. Exactly. So I think it's important for parents about... to be able to talk about that with their kids. Absolutely. And I think that you know, it, it has to do with this sort of like that kind of um, the self-consciousness that comes into play uh, when kids are, you know, the, the young teenage and, and um, you know, going into the teenage 
years. They're really concerned about Hormonal. what their friends <laughs> think of them. And, and so these types of, um, that exclusion, that sort of, and it's sort of a little bit of a public, you're publicly excluded, can be right. very, very painful. And yes, it can increase anxiety. And the other thing I want to say about that is that I think that we're all aware as parents, like that kind of behavior, that's nothing new. You know, right. we probably all have experienced that type of thing when we were in, you know, middle school too, right? right. But now kids can use these tools to sort of make it public. And that is what sort of makes that, it, it sort of just increases that anxiety level on the kids who, um, who weren't invited. And I think that it really is important for parents to recognize that if your kid is the one who's doing that. Um, you know, I think that you need to talk to your kids about using all of these things, uh, you know, respectfully, using these powerful tools respectfully. But also, we sometimes need to have uncomfortable conversations with these kids' parents. So, Absolutely. You know what? Your, your kid did this. And I, and I think that this is something – that's, that's sort of entering, uh, you know, the social contracts now where we really do need to have these conversations with other parents and go, that is such I know a good, is, good point. Yeah, like it's really hard and it's going to feel really difficult, but, you know, we just need to come from a place of like, you know, it could have been my kid who did it, but it was your kid this time. So right. let's and, talk and about that. And it actually has happened very recently in, in, in our school, in our social circle where that's happened and, and a phone call had to be made or a phone call to yep. the principal had to be made to say, you know, this is what's going on with the kids. This, this one sort of bullied my child to say something that really wasn't appropriate or nice, and, and it was done in front of another group of children um, online. So we need to make other parents aware, and it is an uncomfortable yes. conversation. But the thing is, we don't know what other parents are doing online. We don't know the monitoring that's going on in other homes. And so it's really important for parents to make other parents aware in an appropriate, nice way that this is going on and it made my child uncomfortable and right. can, can you please make sure to, to be more mindful um, and let your child know that that's a really, it's just inappropriate, as well as letting yeah, the I've schools to, know. Yeah, I agree. I've had to do it myself. Um, had to, I've had to make that telephone call myself and talk to an, um, you know, one of my son's friend's parents about something that their kid did. Yep. And, um, you know, it wasn't, Pleasant, and I and I really, really, um, you know, was trying not to be accusatory, and I didn't know the whole story. You know, it's you know, it's just like it's bullying. Um, absolutely, but, I've had to do it too, and I've had to bring a, a picture, which I think, the, absolutely, and I, I think also, um, what I was going to say is a picture because I've had to, I've, I've had to yep. do it myself, where you bring it to mm -hmm. um, a guidance counselor or something like that. Um, uh -huh. Kids say things in the moment that. They may not mean, but they say them, and they're very inappropriate and very hateful and very nasty. And I encourage my children, please, I know that it, when you see something like that, it can be very nasty, but do not delete it. Please bring it to me and show it to me and take a screenshot right. of it because yeah, I need advice. to see that. Yeah, I, I want to make sure you know, if you're like, showing this to someone, I need proof. So save it. Yes, Send, you're you know, absolutely that's important. right to do that. Yep, you're absolutely right to do that. And I think that, you know, we're also talking about the sort of developmental phase that kids are in. And um, so, you know, that they're also showing off. So kids are, you know, so, so absolutely. Kids are also, 
they're very concerned about what other people think of them, but they're also experimenting with these tools, and they're sort of going, well, what's my identity? You know, and this used to be something that kids would sort of go through, you know, and their parents would keep an eye on, okay, my kid's now a punk rocker, and now they're goth, and you know right. what I mean? But now they're doing all of these experimentation uh, phases online, and it's public. And so maybe they didn't mean it, but that's why we need to say, you know what, it really was hurtful because it was public. Your experimentation hurt my kid. Right. And I think also kids sometimes, I notice, really develop um, a social media identity. And their yes. personality um, in person can be very, very different. And they have this different personality online because it's it's not in person where they feel more confident or comfortable to be able to do something or say something that they never would be able to say or do in person. And I, I find that fascinated sometimes in a good way because you can have a, chi- a, sh- a shy child who really comes out of their shell and feels like they can communicate better um, through text or, you know, online. But in, in other ways, sometimes you really can get this kid who really wouldn't, say that kind of thing online, but like you said, are showing off to a friend and saying something that they really wouldn't say and they don't mean, but they're just saying it for the attention. So I yeah, think that's you important. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. Yeah, last year we did a, uh, we actually did a study at Common Sense Media where we surveyed teens about the way they feel about their social media interactions. And mm-hmm. the point that you just brought up um, was confirmed by, um, by that, you know, the, what teens are reporting. They say that social media can make them feel less shy. So right. they are um, reaching out to other kids. They are bonding with other kids. And that is really important. And that is actually something that will help them develop important, you know, uh, communication skills that they are going to be needing for, you know, the types of jobs that they're going to be getting and all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's good stuff. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's why we need to talk to them about using these tools responsibly and respectfully and, and, and communicating in a way that, um, that reflects how they want to be perceived and also mm-hmm. reflects um, how uh, they – um, you know, the, their own values. And again, yes, kids are going to be experimenting, and I think that we want to channel that, uh, that energy and into more uh, creative and sort of constructive uses of the technology um, than they might get into on their own. Right. You bring a great point. I, I want to talk a little bit about bullying um, because we've touched on it, but I just want to, like, get a little bit more um, in-depth. So I brought up the Ask FM before because I, I think it's an important one. I've spoken to the media about it and explained to parents, if, if they don't know what it is, that this is a really anonymous um, way of, right. of bullying um, and really truly a, like a breeding ground for social media bullying. Um, and so if you could explain a little bit just about this and what, what parents what, – what, they can understand a little bit about it. Oh, okay. So Ask FM is um, it's a website and an app um, that allows you to um, you know register under um, a you know a username, and um, you you um, you do create a social network. So you have like online friends who are also part of this group that you're in. 
And what kids will do is they might, you know, post um, a question like, um, do you think, you know, so-and-so is pretty? Uh, do you mm -hmm. think so-and-so is a slut? Uh, <laughs> you right. Know, uh, do yeah. you think I'm pretty? You know, so there will be questions right. like that. You can ask any question and people will answer. Um, I think that probably originally the idea behind this, this app, and there have been a lot of other, you know, types of these question and answer apps, and sometimes they're really positive. Um, and I think sometimes the questions, the, the original development was like, oh, this is great. You can ask any question in the world, and we can yeah. crowdsource all of the answers to that question. But, you know, again, these tools can be misused. And when we're dealing with kids who are in this sort of very, like, um, very sort of like sensitive and vulnerable stage mm -hmm. of their development, um, these question and answer apps, they can become obsessed with them. Um, and they're obsessed with what people are saying about them. And we say it's anonymous, but it's not always really anonymous because kids might know who the other kid is asking the question. Right. And this type of, it is cyber, it's almost sort of like, it's almost like that type of mean girl behavior that, you know, um, you know we've, we've all, you know, heard about like that happens sort of like in elementary school where girls are excluded. It's that type of thing where someone isn't directly named by their name, but everybody knows who they're talking about. Right. Um, and that, I think, is really anxiety-producing because it's almost like this sort of, you don't know who your enemy is. And that almost creates a, I think, I think that probably does create a kind of like a, um, a fight-or-flight, you know, syndrome in a, in a kid. An interesting book that um, I read that I really think all parents should read is Reconstructing Amelia by Kimberly McWright. Have, yes. Did you read it? It's a great yeah. book for parents to read because it's talking mm -hmm. about an unfortunate, there's a, really an unfortunate ending, is that it really is talking about that what can happen um, and, and the sev severity of online bullying and the things that kids can experience and the pressure that kids feel um, from something like that. And I, I know you, read, uh, you wrote an article that's on Common Sense that I read on how is cyberbullying different from bullying. And there were some things that I thought were really, were really important, which is um, in-person bullying can cause both physical and emotional harm. Cyberbullying only causes emotional but can lead to physical or Cyberbullying sometimes acts as anonymous, where traditional bullying is often clear who the bully is, which you sort of said. Um, Cyberbullying can happen, and this is a very good point, can happen at any time, whereas a regular bully happens, you know, kids go to school, and when they get home, they escape it, where kids in a cyberbullying situation can get a text, an email, a post, Facebook at any moment, and that's living in constant fear and anxiety, which is, awful. Right. So I think that's important for parents, it. yeah, you, you know, for them to really realize, which is very important and brings me to my next question, is how much spying should we be doing on our kids, not just for like a cyberbullying situation, but like mm -hmm. we're talking about teenagers or young adults or kids who have relationships, dating, um, and, and we sort of as parents we want to know a little bit about what's going on, and there's just we just we have this avenue that that they're not really communicating with us. So, how much of that do you think should be going on with parents and, and their teens? 
Yeah, I think that um, one of the things I think is really important is when you when you first hand over the cell phone or you first you know give your kid a tablet or a laptop or any sort of you know um, technology tools, you need to have a conversation around what your expectations are for how these tools will be used. Um, I also believe that, uh, and I think it's a, it's a two-way conversation. You go, are you going to be doing texting? Are you going to be doing video chatting? Are you going to be mm-hmm. downloading apps? You know, like, let's talk about what this is for and how you're going to be using it. And I believe that parents should set um, limits around when their kids um, can use the phone or when they can use um, their laptop. And I do think it's important to have some sort of text-free zones um, mm-hmm. You know, during you know, family at night when kids need to, well, first of all, you know, charging phones, not in their rooms, in the kitchen where there's, where they get away from it all and they do get that escape is important. Yes. Set some limits. And, and so we need to do that when we hand over the phone. And I also think that a lot of times parents end up giving too much technology to their kids. We're in a society where we're in a kind of a, uh, we're in an upgrade and hand-me-down type of situation with our technology. So, you know, mom and dad get new phones and then they right. give their old phones to their kids, but they're really not necessarily the phones that you would have bought for your kids because they may have too much technology on them. They've That's got a good too many point. apps. They've got yeah, so take that stuff off um, <laughs> and sort of right. give over. I sort of say like start small with the technology and work your way up. Um, and as your kid you know, earns the, um, the privilege to have, um, to have, you know, new apps and, and new features on the phone. I do think for some families it is the right choice to say, I need to have your password and I have the right to get on that phone whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the way it is for all families. I think it really depends on the kid and the context of, how, of that kid's social situation. Um, and, and on their general behavior and what parents are experiencing yes, in the home. I mean, I, yes. I also Take think it's important. I think it's important for kids, and I remind this to my kids as well, is that not only am I checking, but you, what you don't realize is what you're texting, your friend's parents just saw too. They're checking also. I think kids mm-hmm. need to be reminded of that, that you think that they're not, but their parents are looking and checking. And yeah. before you it's send not going that out text into the or the picture, absolutely, yeah. is that you need to remember that, their, that your friend is not the only one seeing this. Maybe it's their friend's friend seeing it, or maybe it's a, a dad or something. So if you're sending something to someone that you don't want to, be careful because they're not the only ones that could be reading it. Right. So definitely talk about um, about sort of the consequences of their actions, which is really hard for kids to get because they they're just their brains aren't really developed for that yet. But but definitely do talk to them about good what we call common sense media digital citizenship, which is all about uh, respectful, responsible, safe you know online communication. Um, so so we need to have these conversations with our kids um, as we. At, you know, it's not just one conversation. It's really constant. And, and I want to get back to the whole thing about the sort of the spying question because I think that's, that's really a really difficult one for parents because a lot of times parents will say, well, I had no idea it was happening, and I checked, you know, my daughter's phone, and I didn't see anything, so I thought everything was fine, right? So mm-hmm. that's always the fear. Um, I recommend, like for, for what I have in my house is my son's, uh, who is 15, has 
his iPhone, his iTunes account is is on under my credit card. So I right. see everything that he downloads. <laughs> so, yes, I think you know, that's A lot great. of times we give these iTunes cards to our kids, and they're like, oh, create your own account. I, that's the way I handle it because I, I don't have – my son has, does have his phone password protected. Um, and so I can't see what he's texting. I used to, and he found out I was doing it, so he password protected <laughs> his phone. I mean, I guess, you know, if, if you know, push came to shove and I, and, I, and I felt like my kid was engaging in some risky behavior – and of right. course, there's always warning signs for that. Um, but if I, I really felt like things were going in a wrong direction, you know, I could get the phone. Right, and, and it really is important for kids to realize that this phone is on loan. It's not yours. It's mine. Yeah. And you, you're, this password you're putting in, maybe it's because you don't want your friends to see your information, but at any given moment, I will have that password if I need it or the phone is not yours because you're you know, uh, we're in charge here, not you, because yeah. we need to make sure yeah. kids sort of know that. You're paying for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think it's just, you know, it's like kids just don't really understand the consequences of their actions, and we're giving them a lot of technology. We're giving them the ability to post things to the world. So we are ultimately our, our kids' guardians, and we're their role models in the digital world, and we need to, you know, Start them off on the right foot because they are creating a digital footprint which can have an immediate impact on their reputation and their, yep. you know, physical And you're really safety. leading to my next, yes. my next topic, yes. which is posting, sexting, posting pictures yes. um, that are inappropriate, nude photos. It's a big one, and it's one that I am sure many parents would say if we pulled them, my child would never do that. Those are the parents whose children very well are doing it, um, in addition to the fact that, look, kids are curious today. They receive a photo that they know they shouldn't have, but it's racy and it's promiscuous and they're curious. And, you know, kids don't have to get a Playboy today because they just go online and they see whatever they want to see. But they right. get this picture of a student or a classmate and it, it it's very easy for someone to say, don't look at it, but they, they are going to look at it. So, and there's severe consequences for kids that are receiving these photos, and there are obviously very, very severe consequences and permanent consequences for teenagers that are sending these photos to a boyfriend that may break up with them or a girlfriend that is right. sharing it with a friend. So how much of this are we seeing today? Yeah, well, I think – Quite a bit of it, um, and I think that the cases become you know, w when it becomes sort of a news issue, um, then you know then may, it's possible that a, a crime has been committed. I think that one of the things is we need to talk to our kids about keeping your privates private. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. And also, you can never, I mean, kids get into these situations where they think, oh, well, you know, it's my boyfriend, you know, he really loves me, and he asked for this picture. Well, you know, you can never assume that somebody on the other end has your best interest at heart. So just never text anything or post anything that should really remain private. And I, and I think that parents should challenge their kids to think about where those boundaries are. I think another thing is that we're, we're seeing is sort of like the gamification of sexting um, brought about by apps like Snapchat. Um, mm -hmm. And that right. is, really appeals to, the, that, like you said, that curiosity and that sort of like um, the titillation. 
And the sort of idea like, oh, it's just going to disappear, so there are no consequences. And, of course, we know that that's not true. Of course. Um, and Snapchat is Snapchat's an app, app uh, for anyone who, who's not super familiar um, that allows you to, um, to send a, a picture that – that destructs that that disappears within a matter of a, a time limit that you set, but the key point is that picture has to be viewed before the clock starts ticking. So you can never assume like it's got to be viewed at least once, right? And then again, and the oh, other okay, key thing is you can take a picture of that picture yes. in the yes. twenty seconds. So you can. Even though it's supposed to go away in 20 seconds, you can take a picture on your phone of the Snapchat. There are no consequence-free <clears throat> actions in on the internet. Um, right. You know, so that's as well as and I think some. Up. I mean, we're all guilty of this, but like, oops, I sent this to the wrong person. I mean, we've all done this. Oh yeah. So you go to send something to your boyfriend or your friends, or whatever. You could send it to the wrong person by mistake. Your whole life is is, is yes. over in your head. You know, it, it's just in the moment that you by accident make the mistake, which we've all done, um, it's, that's a very, very scary thing. Um, that, right. And I think you know, that one of the things that's really hard, I mean, it's like, an, it's, like it's easy to say, well, just talk to your kids and tell them not to do it. But, you know, kids, like you said, they're curious. And then as we've discussed, they're going through a developmental phase where they're very uh, much concerned about, you know, the peer influence and peer validation, and they're externally um, focused as opposed to what their parents say. So they may not be, you know, listening to what you say. But I think that we need to talk to them about keeping their privates private. Um, talk to them and about give the them examples, of unfortunately, of other unfortunate stories in, in not wanting to really just um, – make an example out of someone, but well, essentially wanting right. to have, make sure yeah. to say, you know, I just heard a story in the news or I was just reading something where a 16-year-old or a 14-year-old did, did this, took a picture, and this is what happened, and they, they can't go to school. And, you know, instilling a little bit of that, that questionable fear to say, this is really not a good idea, because like you said, you can tell your kids, tell you boo in the face, don't do this. But sometimes them hearing a story and, and sitting at dinner and saying, you know, I just want to bring this to your attention, can just yeah. like really um, put something like where they are filing it away. And they're saying like, I remember when my mother told me this, and I just like, I can't take a chance in, in doing that. So Right. And I really recommend, just like in all of our, you know, efforts to, to raise, you know, good kids, I recommend diverting their attention and redirecting it. So instead of focusing on all this negative stuff, talk to them about the positive things that they can get out of the technology. For example, Absolutely. you know, my... Yeah, my son's really, uh, he loves, you know, video gaming. So I've encouraged him to do more, uh, and he, he loves it, like the modding, which is creating video games. So kids who are interested in, if you like taking pictures, why don't you take some cool, you know, uh, still life pictures and, and apply some of those, you know, cool Instagram filters and share those. You know, so, so get them to, to think about how they can channel their um, energies and their, and their concern about peer validation into um, constructive, productive ways. And another thing I recommend, too, is I really love the idea of, uh, um, of sort of affinity groups online. So instead of having your kid, you know, be in some sort of like big group of, you know, Instagram buddies who are just, you know, kind of maybe not really using those tools appropriately, get them involved with a club and get them to, to create a social network around 
um, a positive activity. Absolutely. And and just also get them involved in a group, which we really do need to bring up, um, where it's age appropriate. And I think it's really important to talk to children yes. about strangers online from a very young age, not giving away any of your identity, your personal information, your family's information, where you live, um, talking to kids about uh, you know, predators and people who could ask you questions online seem like your best friend and they're a 40-year-old man who's asking you inappropriate things. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like it seems so obvious to us, but we've all heard stories and seen things that are so disturbing. So, um, and I know in just looking, I, I was looking online at your website, and this is just even just like a good um, photo sharing tip that I wanted to share. So, it says, I took a photo of my friend, and the first one is, is it a good photo, yes or no? And number two is, would my friend agree that it was a good photo? And number three would, could it get my friend into trouble, yes or no? Uh, number mm-hmm. four, is it going to cause drama, yes or no? So my friend is okay with it, but how might it affect me? Am I aware that anyone else can share it? Um, would it be okay if my grandma saw it, or, or I use like school principal, um, and, and the last one is, a year from now, will I feel good about making this public? So I think that those are some really good tips that parents can just share with their kids that are It's a pre- good checklist, yeah, to decide whether or not it's okay to, to share that photo that you took. And I think that, you know, we're asking our kids a lot. We're asking them to really go through... You know, I, I think that if a kid can get to like the third one of those, <laughs> you know, um, then, you know, then you're doing a good thing. We just want them to begin to think critically about how they use this technology and think critically about um, how it affects themselves, their reputations, and their friends. Right, and not just parents, but you know what, teachers that are listening too. I think it's important for them to have some sort of a conversation. I mean, it's going on. So teachers have a relationship with, with their children and their students to be able to be mindful and, and remind children to be mindful of, of it as well, just in sensitivity and appropriateness. Um, I just I think it's important for parents to realize it's not even just not even just anxiety brought on from inappropriateness, but even just, um, and I wanted to bring this up because it's really just, it's the, the newest, hottest, popular song, which is hashtag selfie. Um, and right. it's all about the song selfie. And I mean, it's playing all over my house. My kids <laughs> love it. It does have a good beat, but it, it, it is all about taking a selfie and, and saying, and I, in quote, um, I have 10 likes in the last 10 minutes. Should I take my photo down? And all about really um, how insecure these teenagers are because of how many followers they have and yeah. how their social statuses are based on likes and views. I know for my own kids, it's, oh, my God, how did you get 100 likes? And how do you have so many followers or I'm going to take this picture down if I don't get a certain amount of likes on it because it's uncool. So there's a lot of anxiety that's brought on for kids to say, like, why do I have 100 um, followers on Instagram and you have 1,000? And sometimes 
a thousand, but you don't even know 500 of them because you you have these strangers following and liking your pictures. Um, yes, and I would so- say, you know, again, my recommendation for that is that I really think that we are getting into a world where kids can get these likes just simply based on their on a picture that they posted. Yeah, a, prom- a promiscuous right? so picture. A- Appearance, right, their appearance. And I think what we want to do there is we want to, is we want to help our kids develop a sense of, you know, security and, and, and um, you know, and about their inner selves, not their outer selves. So that's it's an important, important, that's an important, it's a very job important. For parents, especially in this world where kids are entering a kind of a hall of mirrors, you know, type of, you know, situation with the digital world. And what I would also say is, so again, channel that energy into something positive and constructive. And here's a good example. My kid is really into Legos. So he loves to build Legos and upload them, uh, the pictures of them, and mm-hmm. get like that way. And there's a lot of positive things that kids can do in that regard. A lot of websites cater to kids' um, you know, creativity and their sort of their well-monitored um, you know, sites that allow kids to get appreciation for their efforts, not just their appearance. And that's another way of sort of distracting kids away from uh, some of the, the, the values that we don't want to reinforce, uh, which right. is, you know, just it's all about how you look, into values that we do want to reinforce, which is about your efforts are what's important. And I think as parents, I mean, I know I, I have a son who does, he does YouTube videos. He raps and he loves it and he's <laughs> awesome at it. And I really, yes. he's 12 and he's, I mean, he's got a huge YouTube following. It's fantastic. That's right. And yes. he loves the accolades, obviously, and the positive comments from people who know him or strangers from all over the world that write really great things about him. But I am always fascinated by the kids, some of whom he may know from school or don't know, who write things that are so nasty and negative for no reason, just because they can. And I I constantly were having conversations in our home, not just with him, but like with our other children to, to use this as an example to say, don't ever stop doing what you love because somebody is making a nasty, negative, jealous comment about you. Do what you love if you're putting it out there to the, for the world to see. Okay, that's great, but know if you're putting it out there that, yes, we could get some, some people that say things that aren't nice, but that doesn't change your identity. It doesn't change what you love. It doesn't change who you are. And I think that that's something that parents in any avenue in social media need to say. If, if you get one like and it's from someone who loves you, that is just as important as someone who got 100 likes from people who didn't even mean it, but they were just, you know, pressing a button. So I think that parents just continuously need to have those talks to raise their children's self-esteem and and realize that, look, these social media things, they're here to stay. They're only going to get bigger and more interesting to kids as they get older. Um, And we don't want to be the type of parents to close a blind eye and say that this isn't happening and, you know, my kid isn't doing this or we're, we're not a social media family because kids are, they're curious. If it's not in your home and you have strict rules, I, they're going to someone else's house and they're going on someone else's phone and they're doing something or saying something that you wouldn't want. So open communication is, is key for, for, I think, for families today. So um, we're just about out of time and I just okay. want, you know, in wrapping things up, I, I know after listening tonight that parents, teachers, 
um, grandparents or, or any teenager that was listening or feeling definitely just even more educated, well-informed, and very, very grateful to be armed with information and tips and advice um, from, from today's interview. So thank you so much, Callan, for being with us and joining us this evening. And if you want to please tell our listeners where they can find out more about Common Sense Media, that would be great. Oh, great. Yes. Well, I really enjoyed um, talking with you, and I just want to reiterate that Common Sense Media is all about helping parents, um, help, helping their kids you know, deal with the digital world and in a constructive, positive way. We're all about education. So please come to commonsense.org, and people can always email me at cknorr at commonsense.org. Fantastic. So for any questions about tonight's show, um, please feel free to visit www.thecoffeeclatch.com or my website, www.askstefanie.com. You can tweet me at Ask Stephanie with all of your questions and comments. Thank you so much for listening, and I really enjoyed our, our topic, and I look forward to sharing it with um, a lot of parents that I know because it's, it's an important one that I think we will be hearing lots more about in the, in the days and years to come. So thanks again, Carolyn, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Great.